weekend at a so-called Christian event. It was the uh, Christian Flashpoint program. Uh, Mike Lindell decided to launch a new conspiracy theory, which is always fun because Mike Lindell is always an endless source of stupid material. But his new conspiracy, believe it or not, has nothing to do with elections here in the United States. No, instead, Lindell says that Planned Parenthood is now killing parents. Let me read you his quote. This is what he said. Um, one of the panelists said abortion is about, it's not just about destroying a child guys. It's about destroying the image of God. And at that point, Mike Lindell chimed in, wanted to launch his new conspiracy theory. And here's what he said. You know, I want to say something about that planned parenthood and there's, I don't know, half a million people out there. And I go, I'm introducing and planned parenthood. Now they're killing the parents or they're just killing the parents, right? Now I didn't misspeak. I, I didn't chop off pieces of what he said. Those are the exact words, word for word, that Planned Parenthood is just killing the parents now, right? Now, the thing I love about talking about right-wing conspiracy theories is that the second you start kind of poking at them, they all immediately fall apart. So let's examine this new theory that Mike Lindell has, that Planned Parenthood is now just straight up killing parents. You know, Hey, the best way to not have an unwanted pregnancy is just to kill everyone. Right? Um, so here's the thing, Mike, if, uh, if, if parents, if people, uh, were being murdered by planned parenthood, don't you think somebody would have noticed, you know, like, Hey, um, <laughs> where, where's my wife? I know she went to planned parenthood, uh, but I haven't seen her in a week. Should I be concerned? Hey, um, my friend went to Planned Parenthood a couple days ago and now I haven't seen them. Don't you think somebody somewhere would have brought something up and been like, Hey, um, I was with my wife in a Planned Parenthood. She went to the back and never returned. Somebody somewhere somehow would have said something about a missing person after a visit to Planned Parenthood, Mike. Like you can't just go out there, by the way, and accuse organizations of murdering people. To be honest, this, this comment from Mike Lindell happened this past Sunday. It's now Thursday. Why has the defamation lawsuit not already been filed? I mean, he claimed that Planned Parenthood, he specifically named them. They're now killing parents. Now, later on, Mike Lindell was asked, like, could you could you clarify that for us a little bit? And Lindell said, and I go, hello. I said, remember that song, mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Planned Parenthood doesn't let their babies grow up to be parents. So is, is that actually what you meant? Like, is that the clarification? Like by killing babies, they're killing people that would eventually become parents themselves. Because if that's your defense, that that's not a defense because that is also not something that is a verifiable fact. You cannot prove that any person in this country, when they are born are eventually going to grow up and become parents themselves. So if you were hit with a defamation lawsuit, um, that wouldn't necessarily be a viable defense. You would still probably have a hard time winning that case. And again, I'm kind of surprised Planned Parenthood hasn't already filed it. Maybe they're working on it. Maybe they're not aware of it. But hopefully now you are, because this, this nutball 
really needs to be held accountable for this. Florida governor and failing Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis decided this week that he was going to fight back against all of the naysayers that have been attacking him from both the left and the right, by the way, over the state of Florida's new curriculum that says that teachers must teach their students that slave, uh, slaves learn some pretty cool skills that they could then later use for their own personal benefit. I, I guess, you know, when they retired from slavery, which not a thing, but okay. Anyway, that is the new curriculum here in Florida. As I said, Ron DeSantis has taken heat from it, uh, uh, from the left. He's taken heat for it from the right. And last week, of course, vice president Kamala Harris came down to Florida and openly attacked this new curriculum and Ron DeSantis by extension. So DeSantis this week decided to send a snarky and insulting letter to the vice president of the United States. Let me scratch that to the first African-American and first female vice president of the United States, Ron DeSantis sent Kamala Harris an offer saying, why don't you come on down to the state of Florida? We'll have a roundtable discussion about slavery in the curriculum, unless you're too busy with a trip to the border that day. The little SOB added to his letter. Well, here's where things got even more interesting. Kamala Harris received an unlikely defender. And that defender, whether he wanted to defend her or not, was Matt Gates, Because Matt Gates, who used to be a friend of Ron DeSantis, actually helped him with his 2018 debate prep, clearly didn't do a good job with it. But anyway, Matt Gates came out on Twitter, reposted this idiocy from uh, Ron DeSantis and said this, imagine being desperate enough to be thirsty for a Kamala visit. So Matt Gates accuses Ron DeSantis of being thirsty, and we all know what that means, uh, for Kamala Harris to come on down to Florida. So Gates wasn't technically defending Harris, of course. He mostly wanted to get the jab into Ron DeSantis to kind of twist the knife a little deeper because Matt Gates, as we all know, is a staunch Trump supporter. Even though he was friends with Ron DeSantis, the feud between Trump and DeSantis forced Gates to pick a side. He picked Trump's side. And DeSantis is left without very many friends at all because we have other Republican lawmakers, mostly black Republican lawmakers that have come out forcefully against this new curriculum standard here in the state of Florida. But the reason Ron DeSantis even sent this little snarky juvenile letter to the vice president of the United States to begin with is because the man needs attention. And he thought maybe he'd get some good attention with this, right? I mean, every story that's come out about Ron DeSantis in the last three months, at least has been pretty dang bad. You know, his reboot has been mocked. Everything about his campaign has been mocked. His financial troubles have been mocked. He's losing donors. He's losing support. So he needed a win and he thought, Hey, why don't I take this thing that's wildly unpopular, even within my own party and challenge the vice president of the United States on it, right? That sounds like a good idea for a loser. And his idea was a loser as well, because not only are people now challenging him over the Florida curriculum standards, but now he's being mocked by members of his own party over his alleged thirst 
for the vice president of the United States. So it's not very often that I will say that Matt Gates did something decent. I can't even call it good, but did something decent. But I gotta say, as a good tweet from Matt Gates, and I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. Well, folks, in case you've been living under a rock for the last two days, which would be a weird thing to just suddenly start doing, but if you were, let me just let you know that Donald Trump was indicted on four counts from Jack Smith related to his efforts to overturn the uh, 2020 election, uh, everything connected with January 6th, the events of that day. The biggest charge, of course, as we predicted, was conspiracy against the government of the United States. But even before those indictments were handed down, indictments that by the way, are now going to be in front of a judge who kind of has a history of being very harsh against the Capitol rioters. She's already smacked down Trump once in court. So Trump is in a lot of trouble here, but before any of that happened, a new report from Rolling Stone citing sources close to the Trump, uh, group, I guess you could say Trump campaign, Trump organization, you know, his little allies, whatever, They say that the former president has already developed his legal strategy. And that legal strategy is of course going to be throw everybody else onto the bus and blame them for all of the horrible things I did. Specifically, the sources say he is going to be blaming Rudy Giuliani and John Eastman, two of his lawyers that coincidentally, though not named in the indictment, it's easy to put the pieces together and realize that those two men are co-conspirator number one and co-conspirator number two. So they're in there. It's just that their names aren't. And these allies of Trump, the people close to him say that the former president is going to throw them as hard as possible under the bus by claiming that the bad legal advice that I got from these people is why I did these horrible things. Is it a bad defense or is it a viable defense? depends on who you ask. Because here's the thing. If your lawyer tells you that, Hey, there is a, you know, law on the books from many, many years ago that says you can go out there and uh, punch anybody in the face that you want. And Trump goes out there and starts punching people in the face. He can't say my lawyer told me it was legal to do that. No. I mean, common sense would dictate that. No, you can't do that. But at the same time, we also know that part of Trump's other legal strategy is to convince the jury that he genuinely believed that the election was stolen, which would in the eyes of the law, as I've said, make what he did seem like the correct actions of the president of the United States at the time. And if he bases it on their legal advice, that may bolster that claim. So it's a bad legal defense and it may be the only legal defense that he has. But here's the problem. And Jack Smith actually laid this out beautifully in the indictment because Jack Smith mentioned that not only was Trump getting this horrible advice from his unindicted co-conspirators, but he was getting the opposite advice from everyone else, including other lawyers. And Jack Smith also included in the indictment quotes and cited witnesses who said that Trump was openly mocking some of the things that the lawyers had told him because he knew they were total BS. So 
If we are to assume that Trump is in fact going to try to throw Eastman and Giuliani under the bus, we already have, not we, Jack Smith already has witnesses that say that Trump was mocking these people, that he didn't believe what they said. He was holding in his hands, his own reports showing there was no fraud. He had heard from state house leaders that there was no fraud. He heard from his own department of justice that they couldn't do these things. So if he is trying to claim that, oh, these two lawyers gave me bad advice, it's all their fault. He needs to understand there's going to be maybe 20, maybe 30 or more other people who are going to be able to take the stand and say, that's not true. We all told him he couldn't legally do it. So it may be the only defense he has, but it's also a defense that Jack Smith is more than ready to dismantle in court.